0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the pod. I hope you all have had an amazing week so far. It's Friday. We made it to another end of the week. We made it to another weekend. I hope that all of y'all have great weekend plans, that y'all had a good Halloween. It's been a pretty busy week for me. I'm not going to lie. We've had, I've worked a lot this week. With Thanksgiving break coming up, I've done a lot of schoolwork, but I'm glad to be able to take some time to just sit down and um, relax. This is honestly, for me, kind of a... What I just enjoy doing in my free time is just kind of recording episodes for y'all and talking about topics that I really enjoy. Last week, we had Clayton Eckerd on our podcast, and he did an amazing job. I really feel like we've had some solid guests, and they've all done great jobs with Grace Abbott talking about God's attributes, Clayton talking about his mental health journey. Um, So it's been an amazing few weeks. If you haven't listened to the episodes leading up to this episode, I highly suggest going to listen to it. It talks about a number of different things, but today we're going to be talking about a topic that is really near and dear to my heart. It's something that I've struggled with for a while, but as I've promised to y'all, I want to be vulnerable on this podcast so that y'all can kind of see my heart um, and that we can have honest conversation about my personal experiences that I've gone to. But without further ado, we're going to kind of jump right into this week's episode And the topic for this week is self-forgiveness. self-forgiveness. What is self-forgiveness? Most of y'all have all done things in your life that you're probably not proud of, or maybe it's something that you didn't do that you wish you would have done. Forgiveness is something that is by any means, it's not easy. It's something that we all as humans probably have struggled with. For me, myself, I don't necessarily struggle with forgiveness, but I very much so struggle with self-forgiveness. So the route that we're kind of going to gonna go this episode is I'm going to talk about um, self-forgiveness and what it's not, what self-forgiveness is, why it matters, and then I'm going to do some good biblical integration in it to kind of what God says self-forgiveness is because I do believe that that's important and that's going to be kind of how we wrap it up. So I want to first go over some definitions that we're going to be talking about. So the definition of self-forgiveness that I pulled is a positive shift in feelings, actions, and beliefs about the self after a perceived wrongdoing. I think that self-forgiveness is something that is so important in the life of everyone. We're all going to make mistakes as we are humans and we live in a broken and fallen world. But one thing that I've always been taught is that you're going to make mistakes, but it's all about how you respond and react to those mistakes. We all wish and we all have regrets in life where we wish we could take back things that we have done. But the fact of the matter is once something is done, once something said and actions taken, we can't take that back. And so when we have perceived that we have done something wrong, how can we respond in a way that is positive? And how can we respond in a way that if we do mess up or we perceive that we've messed up, we can move forward in a positive and encouraging way? And that's where self-forgiveness comes in. Another thing that I'm going to be talking about today is guilt. So what is guilt? Guilt is the feeling that you have done something wrong or bad. Maybe that's through letting someone down. Maybe that's through a choice that you made that probably wasn't the smartest. Maybe it's through another perceived wrongdoing. We all have felt guilt in our lives for a number of different things, and that's okay. Just as forgiveness and self-forgiveness is a part of life, guilt is also a part of life. I think that we have to be careful um, and not mix what guilt is with shame because it is a little bit different. Shame, for instance, is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by conscious of wrong or foolish behavior. We've all felt shame. We've all been embarrassed. We've all felt shame by our actions when maybe our actions all affect other people. Uh, Maybe we've done something that has affected someone and we feel shame. Maybe we've done something that's affected ourselves and that no one knows about, and we feel guilt for it. Um, so they are a little bit different. And later in the, in the episode, we're going to be talking a, a little bit about how those have been present in my life. So I think that it's important to know that all decisions we make in life have consequences. As a young child, I always believed consequences were one of these things that were bad. But consequences aren't always bad. Consequences is just a basically a response to a problem or a response to something that has happened those consequences can be good for instance if you go and work out a lot some of the consequences of doing that are you'll see changes in your body that are positive you might lose weight you might lose inches another consequence of working out is you might get hurt while you do it that's just a consequence and a thing that comes with life consequences are a part of life consequences um are very present a lot of times we see when we do something wrong, when we have a perceived wrongdoing. Consequences can be negative, but we can learn from our consequences. And it's so important to be able to learn from our consequences and go forward in that area of self-forgiveness. So another topic I'm going to be talking about is what self-forgiveness is not. And this is kind of where I want to start to hone in on what it's not. Self-forgiveness is not letting yourself off the hook for a perceived wrongdoing. I think that's important because a lot of times as a, a I, and I say a man it could because I am a man but as a human to take responsibility for your perceived wrongdoings or for your actions there's going to be times in life where you don't believe that you have done something wrong but the decision you made has directly impacted someone else in your life therefore being a person of integrity and character and and admitting and apologizing when you have done something wrong is an important aspect of self-forgiveness self-forgiveness is not resolving yourself of any responsibility for your actions or twisting the facts to make yourself seem like a victim so i think that there's a lot of times in life where you know a situation might arise where we have been the problem in that situation and a lot of times we try to twist the facts to make ourselves seem like the victim and to make ourselves seem like the person that was hurt in reality we were the person that was hurting others um some of these facts that i'm pulling or quotes that i'm pulling are from multiple different podcasts that i've listened to about self forgiveness i told you a little bit earlier that self forgiveness has been something that i've struggled with in my life for so long and it really has been i I was not a great kid in high school as you I'm sure you could attest and talk to my parents about. High school was not the best time for me as as it really a lot of times isn't a good time for everyone. It's where, you know, guys are still developing and guys are still trying to figure out life in and of itself. But I did things that had a lot of consequences in high school. I wasn't a great kid. I Uh, my sin directly affected myself and the important thing about sin is a lot of times it not only affects yourself but it affects those around you your vertical relationship with Christ if that is not in tune it's gonna start affecting your horizontal relationships my vertical relationship in times of my life have not been where it's needed to be and it most definitely has affected horizontal relationships in my life therefore if you're not being intentional about being in tune with where God's calling you, or being in tune with what God's calling you to do, um, or just really being in tune with spending time with the Lord, a lot of times we can start looking into the world for those things, and that's when we start getting in trouble. That's when consequences start to arise for the actions that we might take. Now, I want to be very forward and say that there's going to be times in your life where you make mistakes. We are humans. We have all been there. And there's going to be times in your life where it feels like, man, I just can't make a right choice. I feel like I'm always making a mistake. And I think it's important to know that we as humans are all our own harshest critic. That's just how life is. I am my own harshest critic. It's been like that ever since I was a kid. It's been like that through high school. It's been like that through college. And it's something that will most likely be present until the day the Lord calls me home. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but all of that pressure that is present there can start to harvest things that are not good. I had no issue forgiving other people for maybe the perceived wrongdoings that they have done towards me or against me. But for some reason, I have so badly struggled with what self-forgiveness looks like and what God says forgiveness is. Because the important thing is that God forgives you. And we're going to talk about that a little later, about what we believe as humans forgiveness looks like, but what we see in the Bible that God says forgiveness is. My, a lot of my mental health has actually been brought on by the lack of self-forgiveness that I've had in my life. Where I've had perceived wrongdoings against other people, decisions that weren't smart that I made in high school, in college. And I've realized that those decisions are wrong. Praise God for for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. It's something as a believer that is, is a great indicator that maybe you have done something wrong when you do start to feel the Holy Spirit tugging, you know, for you to apologize to someone or for you to take responsibility for your actions, for you to publicly say, hey, that's on me. That's my bad. For some, this is easier said than done. Some people say, you know, Colby, I don't ever struggle with self-forgiveness. It's one of those things that once someone says they forgive me, I don't really care. And that's great. But for me and myself and the personal experiences that I'm going to talk about, self-forgiveness is something that I've always, always struggled with. I've always carried that excessive amount of guilt for the things that I've done in my life. And it didn't matter if someone forgave me. Because I knew that even if someone forgave me, I wasn't going to forgive myself. Even if the Lord had forgiven me, I wasn't going to forgive myself. And I didn't really know why that was. I carried excessive amounts of guilt on me that it caused me to fall into depression. The excessive amount of guilt caused me anxiety. To make me lose weight. To make me be way more reserved. To lock me in this box that I couldn't get out of. And I finally... Eventually learned what self forgiveness was <laughs> this year, and I'm 20 years old. It took me 20 years to fully understand and learn what self forgiveness is. And the reason I'm bringing you this episode today is because I know there's going to be people out there that are maybe older than I am that have struggled with self forgiveness for the mistakes that they've done in life. And I want everyone that hears this to know that there's going to be a time, whether you've experienced or not, where you mess up, and that's okay. Because you can learn so much from the mess-ups in life. I often tell people when this topic comes up that I've learned so much more off of my mistakes than life than my successes. I've had successes in life. We all have. But when we really learn is when we don't get something right. When we care and we don't get something right. Because when we don't get something right, there's two decisions that you can make. You can choose to move on and not really address the issue of why you didn't get things right. Or you can not get something right and you can hone in on what you did wrong and make sure that that doesn't go wrong again. For instance, in soccer, self-forgiveness plays into soccer as well as I'm a goalkeeper. For the longest time when I would get scored on, I would put all the guilt on myself that I didn't stop it. Maybe it was a mistake that I made that caused the goal. I believed I was the reason that this all was going on. So as a goalkeeper, you can kind of make two decisions. You can, you can shake it off, which is important that I think you do eventually, but I think it's important that you shake it off after you've learned from it. Obviously, we don't like making mistakes in life, but mistakes are a part of life. So when you make that mistake, figure out where you can learn from it. There's a few areas that you can learn from it, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. So when you carry excessive amounts of guilt, a lot of times you become more withdrawn, which affects you and those around you. And I and I can attest to that firsthand. The amount of guilt that I faced on a lot of different instances in my life caused me to be anxious. That anxiety caused me to be more withdrawn. It affected my relationships with those around me. A little bit ago, I talked about how sin affects Not only your relationship with Christ, but those around you. When I had a perceived wrongdoing where I knew I had sinned against myself or others, I would harvest that. I didn't fully understand the full forgiveness that God gave me and that he so lavishly put in my life. And so when I couldn't forgive myself, when I couldn't love myself, how was I supposed to forgive and love others? How was I supposed to be present around those when all I could think about was my wrongdoings? Well... It's, it's a journey. Self-forgiveness is a journey. And it's one of those journeys that for some, it might be really short. But for others, it might be a while. And for me, it took me 20 years to figure it out. And for those listening that might be 40 or 50 years old that feels though they haven't figured this out, I'm here to tell you that it's okay that you haven't figured it out. I want to be a vessel to help you potentially do that. And as I said earlier, there might be some of you that just say, Hey, I simply haven't struggled with this. And that's awesome. Your struggles might be in a different area in life. But I want to be open and honest about where my struggles have been, and it's been in this simple area of self-forgiveness. Guilt in life can present itself in a number of different areas. As I stated a little bit earlier, you might feel guilty for something you did towards someone else. Maybe it's something that no one else knows you did. But you can also feel guilt in life for the things you didn't do. The things you know you should have done, but you didn't do. For instance, I've heard stories and stories of of people who have had relatives that have been on their deathbed. They decided to not go visit them because they knew it would be emotionally challenging and emotionally hard, which I understand. But then a week later, that relative dies and they feel so much excessive guilt that they didn't go see them. Another instance that we can relate to is suicide. I bet if I asked everyone that listened to this, we all know someone that has taken their life or lost their life to suicide. It's such a tragic thing because oftentimes we don't know the deep-rooted issues that someone might have. Maybe someone decides to take their own life and it's not until after that we know why. I heard a story a while back of a young Teen in high school who um, was a major athlete in high school. He was loved by everyone. He was someone that people admired. But there was one battle that a lot of people didn't know he was facing and it was with his mental health. He decided that it would be better that he take his life so that he doesn't have to experience the things that he was going through. But a lot of times we don't realize the effect that that has on people. His parents had no clue of what he was going through. And it wasn't until after where they found signs and saw signs of his struggles. The the amount of guilt that comes in for not seeing these things earlier, we blame ourselves for not knowing, we blame ourselves for not understanding, and we blame ourselves for not being there for that person. Self-forgiveness is something that is hard, and guilt is something that is difficult to go through. I saw this quote and it said, when you go over and over things in your mind and beat yourself up for the things you did or maybe you didn't do, you are reinforcing the guilt and shame, which in turn leads to more guilt and shame. You simply go into a viral snowballing effect and that in turn can create depression, anxiety, and many other things. He then went on to say, the only true mistake in life is the one you do not learn from. So you simply need to accept it, take responsibility, and move forward. Again, accept it, take responsibility, and move forward. Now I know those three steps are a lot easier said than done. And you're hearing someone speak from someone who who can walk that road and say it is a lot harder to do than it is just to simply say it. It's been something that I've struggled with for years, and I know that I probably will struggle with it years down the road, but if there is one thing that I've realized is that living in the past can cause you to be depressed. Living in the future can cause you to be anxious, but living in the presence is where God is. God was present with you in the past, and he'll be present with you in the future, but he's present with you right now, And he's got a peace that surpasses all understanding. And that peace covers the past. And that peace will cover the future. So do you trust God? Do you trust that God has forgiven you when you haven't forgiven yourself? Do you trust that God has forgiven you when maybe others say they won't forgive you? I was in a restaurant this week and this little girl was talking to me about Halloween trick-or-treating and it's a restaurant that I frequent up here in Lynchburg so I've gotten to know the family real well um, that owns it and they're there um, it's a Japanese family and they're there every time I go And, and this little girl was talking to me about this guy that punched her in the stomach this week and she said he kept saying sorry and apologizing but then she said the next line which really caught me I don't forgive those that really hurt me and I just sat there and Obviously, as a seven-year-old girl, she doesn't realize how deep that statement was, but I sat there and thought about times in my life where have I not forgiven those that have really hurt me because I've perceived it to be way worse than it is? And in God's eyes, it's all the same. Every day we sit against God, but when we come to Him and ask for forgiveness, He is just and willing to forgive us. And that's a lesson that we need to learn. There's people that are listening to this right now that say, well, Colby, you just don't know what they've done to me. They've hurt me beyond belief. And I understand. But the crazy thing is, is the Bible still says to forgive them. Because God forgave them. And if we are striving to be more like Christ every day as we should, then we should be willing to forgive them. Now, just as self-forgiveness is a process, forgiveness is a process as well. If we could forgive everyone that hurt us right then and there, we would. But there are times in life where these are deep wounds that have been cut, where it feels like people's mistakes towards us feel like knives that have been embedded in our skin. But God still calls us to forgive. And I want to hone in on that point right there because God has chosen to forgive us. And so this is where I'm going to bring a little bit of the biblical integration in. And I'm going to argue that this biblical integration that I'm going to bring in is the most important point of all because it's what the Bible says. This is The Bible was, was written by many apostles, but it was all breathed and inspired by God. For these verses that I'm about to read were breathed and inspired by God, so I know that it's what God says that we should do. So condemnation, you hear that word a lot in the Bible. And for those of you that don't know what condemnation is, the definition that I found online was the act of pronouncing to be wrong or morally culpable. So when it talks about condemnation in the Bible, the biggest thing that I want to say is condemnation is not from God. Let me say that again. Condemnation is not from God. And I have some scripture to back that up. Romans 8.1 says, Now therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It very particularly says for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what does that mean? Condemnation can be removed in the acceptance of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Let me read that again. Condemnation can be removed in the acceptance of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Condemnation is from the evil one. And there are times in life as a believer where I have felt the utmost of condemnation. And I've had to realize that that's not from God. Condemnation is not from God because in Romans 8.1, it particularly says, Now therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I am a Christian, therefore I am in that for those who are in Christ Jesus. John 3.17 is another good verse and it says, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Again, condemnation is not from God. For God did not send his Son in to condemn the world and show that the world is wrong and that there's no hope. For, for actually, the hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. We needed a perfect sacrifice to atone for our wrongdoing. There was no perceived wrongdoing. We are evil at its core. We are simply sinful people. And the only bridge that can get us the eternal life is for those who have accepted Christ into our hearts. Those who accepted the finished work that Jesus Christ has done on the cross. And if it wasn't for Jesus Christ that died on the cross, well, we would be screwed. So again, I want to say condemnation is not from God and condemnation can be removed in the acceptance of the finished work of Jesus Christ, which was on the cross. Flipping pages here, I want to continue to talk about that condemnation. I've talked about condemnation and now I want to talk about God's forgiveness for us. When we ask God to forgive us, he is quick to forgive us because of his love for us. I sometimes wish that I could just imagine the amount of love that God has for us. We've all experienced love in our life. Maybe it's from your parents. Maybe it's from your significant other. Maybe your wife. Maybe your girlfriend. Maybe your boyfriend. There are people in our lives that love us, whether we see it or not. We've all experienced the type of emotional love there there are people in our life right now that I would ask that you would probably take a bullet for because you love them so much well that person in our life maybe you say I don't have one of those I'm not loved my family doesn't love me my friends don't love me there's no hope for me well, I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ loves you. God loves you, and he loves you so much that he'd send his son to die for you. He would send his son to be the sacrifice for you because he loves you so much. When you sin, when you mess up, and you go to God in forgiveness, he casts your sin as far as the east is from the west, and it specifically talks about in the, that in the Bible. And it's a beautiful thing because, man, I wish sometimes I could cast the thought of my wrongdoing as far as the East is from the West. I wish that after I, I, I repented for something that I could just forget it. But there are so many times where Satan has put condemnation in my life that has not allowed me to forget it. Therefore, it's created guilt, which has created anxiety, which has created depression. And I'm here to tell you once again that condemnation is from the evil one and it is not from God. For God gives peace that surpasses understanding. He gives love that is over anything that you've ever received. And it's his blood that sheds for us. That's how much he loves us. You might be sitting here today saying, Colby, well, you just don't know what I've done. I cheated on my wife. I've cheated on my girlfriend or boyfriend. I've killed someone. These are all big things that we in the world would say, wow, wow, that's big. But I'm here to tell you today that in God's eyes, it's no bigger than the little white lie you told your parents. It's no bigger than thinking that thought about someone that you just really might not like. In God's eyes, it's all the same. And we serve a God that is, that is quick and, and willing to, to forgive us when we come to him with a humble heart of repentance. And the beautiful thing is, you might be saying that right now of of Colby, well, you just don't know what I've done. And maybe I don't, and I don't need to. God knows. But we serve a God that is just and willing to forgive. God isn't a God that says, hey, I'll forgive you, but I'm still going to remember what you did. It's simply a theme of forgive and forget. You might say, well, that's kind of a cliche statement, but that's honestly how God operates. He forgives and he forgets. When you come to him with, with a repentant heart, with a broken and contrite heart, God is just to forgive. In Psalms 51, it was a psalm that I always used to read when I felt like, man, I had just, I had just dropped the ball. I screwed up. I messed up. How could God forgive me? Psalm 51 was written after Nathan had confronted David about his wrongdoing with Bathsheba. And in that, he says, For God, I would give you a burnt offering, but that's not what you care for. You care for a broken and contrite heart. God sees your heart, and he knows if you come to him with a repentant heart. I think it's so beautiful because in Psalms, we see the roller coaster life of King David. S- someone who, in the Bible says, was a guy after God's own heart. And what's so beautiful about it is we see and live firsthand the life that David lived with all the mistakes that were were put on display for people to see years and years and years and years to come. And we might say, well, how in the world was David a man after God's own heart? Well, you see the repentant heart that David had that when he messed up, he came to God with a humble heart and asked for forgiveness. He knew what God desired, and what God desired was a broken and contrite heart. Being a man or a human after God's own heart doesn't mean that we're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean that if you have made mistakes in the past, that you can't turn your life around and make it something beautiful. Because there's a lot of times in life that God builds something beautiful out of ashes. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Once again, He forgives and He forgets. Period. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. And not only does He forgive us, but He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He doesn't just say, I'll forgive you, and that's it. Or I'll forgive you, but know that I'm not going to forget. God forgets. And if we could just take a little bit of what God does in our life, in this space, and apply it to our life, when we make a mistake, it's okay. Accept it. Take responsibility for it. Ask God for forgiveness and move on. I say move on because it's what God did. God heard your heart. God heard your cry. He forgave you and he moved on. Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. It's so beautiful. And I posted this verse this week on our Equipped Podcast on instagram i am he there's a few times in the bible where god almost flexes but it's a justified flex where he says i am i am the great i am i am he this is god speaking i god am the one who blots out your transgressions for his own sake And not only does he do do that, but he goes a step further and says, I will not remember your sins. Once again, he forgives and he forgets. Hebrews 8.12 is another great verse. And he says, And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. I will forgive their wickedness, their wrongdoings, their sinfulness. And I will never again remember their sins. We've all had people in our life that have said they've forgiven us, but man, they can sometimes be passive aggressive and bring issues up in their life. I've been that person to people without a doubt. I've said I've forgiven people, but I haven't really forgiven them. Because if I truly forgave them, You can forgive and forget. Now, I'm not saying that when you truly forgive someone, it's okay to just invite them back into your life because there's going to be times in your life where you forgive someone and you say, hey, I've forgiven you, but hey, it's not smart for me to be involved with you anymore. And that's okay. Because sometimes in life, from someone who has been the one who has been forgiven, I think that it's sometimes an invitation to come back into that person's life like everything was before. That's not always the case. The simple words of I have forgiven or you are forgiven is an act of saying that I've taken the steps to fully forgive you. And I want you to know that I have forgiven and I have forgotten. But being forgiven and forgotten doesn't always mean that things will be like they were before. And sometimes that's a healthier way. I want everyone that listens to this to know that there's going to be times where you have made mistakes in your life, and there's going to be times where it seems as though no one forgives you. And even if no one forgives you up front, I want you to know that there's someone who does forgive you, and his name is Jesus. This is something I wish I learned so much sooner, but it's something I'm glad I learned when I was 20. 20. God always showed me his forgiveness in my life, but it wasn't something that I truly accepted because I never fully forgave myself for the things and the perceived wrongdoings that I've done. People have forgiven me. My parents have forgiven me. My friends have forgiven me. But I've never forgiven myself. And it wasn't until I started this long journey of mental health that I started to walk through the idea of self-forgiveness. And it's such a beautiful journey that I've walked on. And it's a journey that can, like I said, take years to come. But that's okay. That is okay. It's a journey that I think is important. And it's a journey that I believe that if you're maybe not on that, on that track yet, that potentially look and see where God can help you in it. It's never a bad idea to ask for God's wisdom. It never is. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I really do hope that it uh, has impacted you. It's something that I really believed God was putting on my heart to talk about because it is something that I've struggled with and it's it's a journey that I've been on and it's a journey that I will continue to go on. I know I honed in a lot on self-forgiveness today, but there's going to be episodes in the future where I talk about forgiveness, the forgiveness of others, why it's so important to forgive others. And it simply comes down to because for Christ forgave us. You can apply that same principle with self-forgiveness. Why should we forgive ourselves? Because Christ has forgiven us. Once again, guys, please feel free to reach out to us on the Equipped Instagram. It's just equipped.podcast. That's E-Q-U-I-P-P-E-D dot P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Y'all have been great. I've been so honored and blessed with the amount of love that y'all have given us um, over the past few weeks. It really does mean a lot to me. It's encouraged me more than I ever know, and it comes at the best times when I feel like, man, I just don't know where I'm going with this, or when life just gets difficult, God always reminds me that He loves me and He cares for me. I want you to know before I leave that God loves you and that He cares for you. And the most beautiful thing is that you're forgiven and redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us on the cross. I hope you have a great weekend, guys. Peace out.